Hey, it's Bobby. It's Jared. And here we are at uh, just a little bit of a touching base, 10-minute, probably sectional. I don't even know what this really would be. Just more of a, just want to say hi and and let you guys know that we're still alive. Yeah, we'll call this the uh, bonus episode. Yeah. Bonus preview. The bonus episode before the real episodes come back. (laughs) Yeah, because uh, Bobby and I, uh, no more call-in show for the next couple weeks uh, we're back together again in the uh, same state uh, right here uh, out in the country in the heart of West Virginia <laughs> yeah and you know for um, for a lot of us or our schedules have just been have been crazy it's just been really crazy traveling and um, other activities and just trying to really mm-hmm. figure out the flow of our time to be able to get together to make sure that we are putting on and giving you guys the best possible show that we can do in our limited time and our limited budget (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah thanks to everybody who's been listening uh you know i get feedback every once in a while get constructive criticism get questions uh love it so i think one day we'll we'll take some time and just answer some of those questions and respond to some of the criticism in a good way yeah you know not to argue back but you know we're learning so yeah and i think that um and maybe that's what we'll turn this into just a little bit here i think i think um maybe not responding to questions and, and giving answers just yet but I think that what we want to try to do is really be more interactive with our audience. I think that's a good op- opportunity for us to let's open yeah. that door a little well, bit. Well, because we're really close to them. Because I mean, I mean, let's face it. You know, a lot of our audience is your congregation, or you know, my, you know, my network of neighbors and friends. You know, around the community. And what we we're trying to do was provide this type of voice uh, in West Virginia. Now, if you're listening to us outside of this state, it's great. We hope you learn something about our, you know, our lives and culture here, and maybe see the similarities to your own. Yeah, and you know I'm, um, you know it's funny because I do have a lot of friends who are in different states who are hearing us share our thoughts and um, and you know I think that the, it's it's just a great opportunity for us to to share our perspectives on cultural issues um, that have been really been um, influencing and uh, impacting the lives around us, mm-hmm. right? And sure. so um, you know, so for us, I think for this episode. Like we said, it's a preview of the episodes to come because mm-hmm. for the next couple of weeks, you're going to have us talking t- to you directly. Yeah. Um, but we're not going to waste your time. We, like, we're going to talk about something today. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but I think that what we can do, though, is say if there's something particular that maybe you want to hear our thoughts on, um, if you value our opinion that much, which would be awesome. Um, if oh, well, you, if they've listened this far into this episode, then they must want to listen to us. Yeah. So, again, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> again, we, we want to say thank you for doing that. But if there is something that you want to hear our perspectives on, um, shoot us a message on Facebook. Or I believe you can actually write to us on our podcast web website. Um, it's actually... Uh, I don't even know the website name. <laughs> that's that's horrible. I'll have to find that one out. But um, and maybe we'll, on our next episode, we'll we'll share that. We'll say something beginning of next episode. Yeah, <laughs> we, I could say this if you follow us on Facebook. We could put uh, put things on there. Yeah, uh, we'll put it on there. So. that's that's hilarious. I I never really thought about that. I don't even know if I really know our. Yeah, that's a whole lot of issues right there. But there we'll figure go. that out. But um, but yeah, if you want us to address something particular, please share that with us and and then we can we can do that because um we want to make sure that this this show it's addressing things that you want to hear about mm-hmm. i mean we have things that we that we'll probably just talk about personally that we'll share but if there's things that you want to have some other thoughts on we want to we want to be a part of that yeah 
So anyway, um, we, I don't know, right now because this is just a kind of a preview intro before the next episodes come, um, anything that you want to you want to touch on today? Oh yeah, in this, in this moment, I came here with some thoughts on my mind. Uh, you know, over the last uh, week, uh, I've been every once in a while I'll, I'll write my thoughts on on race and uh, and racism in America. It's something that I would like to see end in my lifetime. I know it's a big goal, but you got to have big goals, all right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, sometimes, uh, and my focus is really uh, to get people like me, people of my demographic, uh, white middle-aged people, uh, which is what I am, uh, Protestant, middle class, um, and uh, just to stop and think about, um, you know, the history of racism in America and the present uh, condition of it and to see uh, what a negative uh, influence that has on our culture, but also on our church body, and uh, you know, vast majority of people are, are really receptive to to these ideas and these things. But uh, every once in a while, I get somebody say, uh, "Listen, I'm just not seeing it. I don't know who your friends are. I don't know who you know your enemies are. I don't know who your acquaintances are. I don't know where you work, but I'm not seeing uh, you know anyone say anything racist ever. I'm just not seeing it, and." Uh, I, I kind of know where that person's coming from uh, when they talk about it because you know here I am uh, a guy in the majority in America. When you're in the majority, um, you don't always see the things that affect minorities. And so, I want to say this to uh, to someone who, who might be uh, just doubting that 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 racism is really a strong undercurrent in American culture today. Uh, just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And I don't want to get. I, I want to give you a, a few examples. Okay, uh, one is um, think of think of domestic violence. Um, it, it's it's in it's it's in your town. You know, it's it's in your it's in your county. Uh, it's in your neighborhood. Uh, there are people you know uh, who who do it, um, who commit acts of domestic violence, but you may not know about it. And just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's not there. You know, we're living in a state where you know big problem here is a, an opioid epidemic. Um, there's also a, a lot of heroin addiction in the state. And you know, honestly, we're not walking through the streets necessarily seeing drug addicts everywhere. You know, um, you might have to look kind of um, uh, look a little bit to actually see that. Uh, so my point with that is just because you may not notice it like at your job, at your school, doesn't mean it's not there. It's, you know, the police tell us it's there. You know, <clears throat> the arrests tell us it's there. The the overdose um, statistics tell, tell us that it's happening. It's there. The ambulance calls, the 911 centers tell us this is happening, you know. So that's there. You know, and uh, you know the list goes on and on of things that uh, are really going on uh, all over the place. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. So I say that sort of applies uh, in a roundabout way uh, to to racism in America. It's you don't really see it until you till you learn to to look for it and to and I don't mean just like uh, I don't mean look for it and see it where it's not there. I mean start to ask the right questions in the right way. Uh, so one thing that really opened it up for me around here uh, was, you know, I, I finally asked, did we ever have segregation in my hometown? And I, I never knew that we really did. That's that's not something anyone's hiding. 
Um, but it's also not something that is really taught to you as you're growing up around here. I think people would just as soon forget. Uh, but I looked it up, and sure enough, you know, my my city uh, back in the day, uh, first half of the 20th century, uh, was segregated uh, at, for high school. So there was a black high school called Kelly Miller in downtown Clarksburg, and uh, I just n- never knew that that existed. And you know, the more I start to ask about those things in that history, the more I can see what a strong current it's been. Uh, in my neighborhood and community today, and now I'm sort of becoming aware of those things, uh, you know, that are even happening today. And I don't want to get into real specific examples, you know, because a lot of it just involves people uh, super close in my life, mm-hmm. you know. And I, this isn't the the time for that, you know. Um, but I, I guess I want to encourage you to sort of seek out uh, those stories from the people in your life. Sometimes you just have to say, you know, hey, can you talk to me about this? And start asking those questions. And then, then you do start to see that stuff. You know, I'd, I'd like to see us become more aware. Yeah. And I think that when we when we talk about it, right, there's, mm-hmm. I think there, there's a, for a lot of us, it's hard to talk about it because we don't want to, we don't want to bring up something mm-hmm. that might be flawed mm-hmm. in our past, especially for people who carry, you know, I, for for a lot of white men in particular, but white people, um, they tend to instantly jump to the high thing of, well, um, that wasn't me, right? Sure. It wasn't me. And sure. that was my great-great-grandfather. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, that wasn't me. Like, it, it, and so that that separation of look yeah it might not have been you mm-hmm. but it's still a history that has influenced people around you yeah and so because of that you have to take the opportunity to listen to those people if you just want to jump into that well that wasn't me or i don't i'm not racist like mm-hmm. i don't have any prejudice or i don't have any which people say prejudice and racist i'm going to go ahead and say those are two separate things right they are right um, and so you know, but like I'm, because you will have prejudice. But when you have, like, I may not have a racist bone in my body, right? Um, which I also would argue that everybody does, right? I, I mean, there's nobody. I don't care what color you are. You have a race. You have some sort of racist bone in your body. Yeah. Why? Because because we do have a a tendency to be um, a battle for superiority. Uh, um, a battle to show that you have something to offer, mm-hmm. um, and because of that, you want to demonstrate that. Well, our race—if you want to go ahead and talk about race—and and the reality of it is, we, you and I both know that race is just a social construct that's right. been created that doesn't really exist. But, but right. you can say that every week on this show. I'll be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it, it's the truth. That's I mean, a huge message, and that, you know, just knowing that gives you a framework to really understand how ridiculous it is and what the what the power struggles have been. You yeah, know? Um, and, and so anyway. My, my original point was, though, is that we have to get to a point where we see that, that yes, it may not be you, but it was still a history that affects people mm-hmm. around you. It influences their lives. It has um, influenced their culture, influenced the, their way of living, their way of interacting with other people, yeah. um, how their walls have been built up to where they don't want to maybe let certain people in because they don't know if they can trust them. It's... It's all around us. Yeah. And if you just say, well, it's not me, okay, that's great that it's not you. 
Right. But there's still stories that you need to hear. Yeah, like you personally may have not committed atrocities, you know. Uh, I'd like to think that I haven't, but I've come to understand that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a recovering racist. Now, wait a minute. You know, you're like, whoa, Jared, you're calling yourself a racist because that's such a, like a, a, a bad word today. You know, nobody mm-hmm. wants to be called that. But the idea is I, I came up in a framework of racism that, you know, I got from my culture. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't get it from my parents. My parents provided a great counter message for it. You know, um, just <clears throat> thanks to my parents for that. Uh, but I got it from from some relatives. I got it from television. You know, we don't understand how if you grew up on TV in the '80s and '90s, you know how many racial stereotypes you actually learned. You know, mm-hmm. for you and I who are fans of you know stand up comedy, you know we do not understand how listening to stand up comedy in the '80s and '90s really taught us some racial stereotypes you know mm-hmm. uh movies uh music uh mtv helped a lot you know and so we have uh <laughs> really had uh, thrown at us just a, a lot of um stereotypes that we bought into you know biggest one that i can that i if i just we want a specific example i know we're talking real general vague terms <laughs> to sort of not you know um call out people that we know in the world but uh i will say in the 80s i believe that most of us had this idea that race was a real thing uh most of us in america had this idea that race was a real thing and that each race was endowed with certain uh, abilities Mm. you know and I, i almost hesitate to say those now but i think everybody I think everybody can remember the title of a movie, White Men Can't Jump. Yes. <laughs> Applying that black men can. Uh, implying, uh, you know, and you know what the, you know what the, the stereotypes are. Um, if, I, if I just say to you, uh, okay, um, which group of people uh, are really good at violin? Or which group of people um, are, 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 are doctors? You know, or which group of people uh, have rhythm? Or, you know, which group of people, this and that, you know? And so we sort of taught these things, and a lot of this blows a lot of people's minds. But in in the 1980s, Tom Brokaw hosted a primetime TV special to discuss, uh, you know, whether um, black people, black athletes, uh, were, were like physically superior in some biological, fundamental way. And it was actually determined on that show that, that yes, they were. There was something racially different. This was a primetime TV special with Tom Brokaw in the 80s, mind you. Look it up. Okay? Wow. I yeah, saw I that, that, and I'm telling you, I believed it for years and years and years. You know, And then uh, what sort of undid that for me was understanding that the race doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And so then I had to find uh, you know, other reasons why you know, lots of people on uh, NBA basketball teams are uh, African American. Well, um, and uh, well, uh, there, there's a reason for that, and it's a cultural reason, not a biological reason. You know, not a racial reason, but it's it's about where you grow up and the things that are valued. And so I give you this example. Uh, you know, a lot of people in the NHL, uh, you know, when I was growing up, were from Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, it was amazing, and hockey's super popular in Canada. You know, and um, it wasn't even. I a friend informed me the the other day. It wasn't until um, you know uh, it was a Mario Lemieux that. Um, 
uh, Pittsburgh really became a hockey town. Okay, yeah. that he single-handedly converted that town, you yeah. know, into a hockey town, yeah. and it still is. And the Penguins are still, you know, a beloved team. Yeah, and uh, so much so that kids in Pittsburgh uh, are playing hockey. I mean, there's more ice rinks uh, around Pittsburgh than than anywhere in West Virginia. You know, yeah. and they're only a couple hours away from us. And uh, you know, so so I ask you this: Are uh, Canadians a magical race of white people who are born good at hockey? <laughs> no. No. It is – there is a cultural reason, right? Yeah. And that's my point here. And so what is the cultural reason? Well, obviously there's ice and snow in Canada, you know. And people put their kids on skates when, you know, they're like two years old. You yeah. know, they can barely walk and they're on skates. These kids grow up ice skating, you know. It is like a major winter sport, you know, where, uh, you know, I have a friend who lives in Edmonton, Canada. Now, they got a foot of snow in October. I mean, if you live where it's frozen in October, you might as well learn to skate, you right. know, because, you know, uh, probably, uh, you know, half of your year you can ice skate, really. Yeah. And uh, so there you go. And so there are cultural reasons why Canadians are good at hockey. So, you know, that's when it started to break down for me. It was like, oh, those are just stereotypes. There's not some kind of, like, biological, (laughs) special, like, X-Men superpower. And then I realized that that was a racist belief. And then I went, oh, my gosh. I'm a little bit racist, you know? And so the rest of my life has been, you know, uh, undoing that, you know, mm-hmm. sort of sort of um, fighting against that and, and looking for the other reasons why. And But then it's been a good journey because more and more I'm understanding, like, how, how we really are the same, you know? Yeah. But the more I see that, the, you know, the more I see that, um, you know, a, a lot of the fighting and, and fear that we have with each other, a lot of the sort of... Um, uh, you know, segregation that we where we self segregate, self segregate in church, self segregate in neighborhoods, you know, self segregate in politics. You know, that seeing that a lot of that is based on this lie uh, uh, of race. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I would just like to see us get beyond that, get get educated beyond that, but also fix our hearts. And there's there's policy reasons why, of course. You know, uh, you know, we're making decisions that are based on fear or capitalizing on the fear of the other. Um, that's that's a wrong way to 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 have a government. But you know, forget about government. Let's think about the church. You know, and I mean, the way we self segregate in church. I mean, if we could just, you know, <laughs> if we could have just ended that and had just really been an example of you know people living side by side. Um, that would be that would be a beautiful thing, and I think that would be closer uh, to uh, kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, yeah, I, man, great, great thoughts. I think you know ultimately the the struggle that we have is acknowledging um, acknowledging that that racism, right? Acknowledging yeah. our Acknowledging the fact that maybe we didn't have it all right, and mm-hmm. and that we have it all figured out. I think it's a constant learning process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted I wanted to talk about this book that I've been reading. It's called White Awake. Okay. Um, yeah. W- I hadn't heard of this. Yeah. W H I T E Awake, and it's an honest look at what it means to be white by uh, Daniel Hill. Okay. Um, so, um, full disclaimer: I um, I'm, I'm in this. 
I'm taking this class or I've had to take a class for my ordination process for the denomination I'm a part of. Okay. And so there's a couple books that I'm reading right now that are that are kind of blowing my mind and this is one of them. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known about this book probably unless I uh, – if I didn't take this class. So I'm, I'm glad I am taking this class because <laughs> it opened this door up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called White Awake and I'll put that in the show notes. But, uh, but in here it's a guy um, – apparently this guy worked with um, – uh, shoot, Willow Creek, I believe. Yeah. Um, okay. And so he had this opportunity to kind of. He started thinking about what was going on culturally around him and and being white in America and kind of struggling through like, well, you know, why should like what's going on? Like, should I be more concerned about my whiteness? Like, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so he started wrestling through, and this person that he was kind of reaching out to for for insight. Basically challenged him, and he said that – so I'm quoting this. This is like on page six of the book. It says, to help me begin my exploration, his mentor guy invited him to catalog carefully the primary voices that informed him as a person and shaped his thoughts and values. Basically, he organized it, and, and he started talking about preachers, teachers, theologians, even musicians, authors, that kind of thing, and basically list them and to take note, note of the cultural backgrounds they represented – well, then it goes on and he says that as he looked at his list, he came to the reality that he was all white. His closest friends were white. His most trusted mentors were white. Mm-hmm. The teachers and theologians shaping him were white. The authors planting new ideas in his mind were white. And the church that he worked with was all white. Mm-hmm. And so basically for him, I mean, and from what I'm gathering going so far what I'm into – is that he he realized that he needed to get new voices. <laughs> okay. And, and gotcha, yeah. And so mm-hmm. for for a lot of us, yeah, we we go to what we're comfortable with mm-hmm. and so we don't get the new voices, right? And so we stick with you know, we, we, we stick with people who think like us. Yeah. We stick with people who look like us, who sound like us, who um, drink like us. Yeah. Who, and maybe not even with any malice. No. We might not be trying to do that. No. It's just we it's a, sort of gravitate towards the familiar. Yeah, you know? it's a comfort. It's a comfort thing. Yeah, because you don't because mm-hmm. you don't want to. A lot of times that tension, mm-hmm. we we flee from tension, mm-hmm. and so what we're actually having to force ourselves into a bit in order to handle this issue, you have to jump into the tension. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to make wine, right, you have to put some pressure on the grapes, right? You squash them. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. got to push the grapes to yeah. be able to make that wine, and okay. so for us to be able to give out a good taste yeah we gotta be pushed properly right and yeah. so i think that um that's that's the the challenge i think we have to have for ourselves is who are the voices that are coming into our lives who are we really leaning into and i want to challenge our listeners i want to challenge each other i mean granted i'm an hispanic male sitting with a, a white male which is you know great mm-hmm. but at the same time you know i know that you're already looking at you know other cultures ethnicities listening to different people from different backgrounds right i mean like i mean from what i can gather that yeah i mean i had gotten to a point kind of like he did and um you know that's when i started like seeking out you know not just friends um but but books podcasts and Mm -hmm. also seeking out that person that um you know I, i live in a predominantly white community and when i hear a person of color say something uh, to the effect of um, they've been treated a certain way because of, of their skin color. Yeah. I, I try to ask them about it and get the specific examples, not because I'm saving up 
you know, um, you know, uh, I'm keeping a little diary of negative things that have happened to people. It's just I gotta know, like yeah. I gotta know, like if you experience that, I need to walk a mile in your shoes, you know. Right. And you'd be surprised how you know somebody will say, "Yeah, I'll tell you what has happened yeah. to to me," you know. And a lot of times it's not some overt hateful thing but it's it's enough to where they knew you know and then and then i start to kind of notice it too you know so well i mean even just up the road from where you're where we are Mm -hmm. right now in a a town philippi Mm -hmm. right that um the the history of that that community is deep with Mm -hmm. racism Mm -hmm. um when i first moved here i served on chestnut ridge Mm -hmm. in philippi west virginia Mm -hmm. chestnut ridge was the um, was a segregated portion of that of that city yeah. of that town? I you didn't. Had, know, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. it was the okay. primary. Um, so mixed race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So or you know, <laughs> mixed race mm-hmm. is how they would um, dub it. And so right. then you would have you know the primarily um, Native American, but mm-hmm. also um, African American um, people lived up on this hill. They had a separate school up there. They had everything was. They didn't even have running water really for a while, um, and so basically, when they came into town, they had to come into town. And they had their separated places to eat and drink, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But they also had to get out of town by a certain period of time. Or so, Philippi was a sundown city. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I am learning something here. Yeah. So they had to get out of town, up back up the hill, or they could end up being lynched or killed you know uh-huh. i mean like well obviously lynch is killed but um, okay bobby that's so. an example of the kind of thing that you don't know until you ask oh yeah you know when i learned about segregation in my hometown now i'm learning that you know another town i love was the sundown city yeah and so so then right you have them going up there and of course they all have their nicknames they call them and this is just the term that they use i do not hold to this term but i'm going to say it right they call mm-hmm. them guineas right they call okay. them um because they were uh, they 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 didn't know what else to call them really, and mm-hmm. so it was the mulatto kind of feel, right? That's right. what they would refer to them as. That's what and that so, meant. Okay. Yeah. So it yeah. was like they would refer, and so it was a really, really bad time for them. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, from what I know, right? It wasn't until a Reverend Frank Peoples kind of moved into that community, he started serving. In, on Chestnut Ridge, okay. sorry, People's Chapel Church, and and that was where I served for a little while. And um, they, th- his heart for the people was significant. He was an African American male. He yeah. came and he was a, he was an evangelist, a traveling evangelist, you know. Yeah. And but anyway, he um, he has a book. I can't remember the name of the book. I wish I could, but he had. Um, if you Frank Peoples, you can look him up. But he. Oh, I'll be I'll um, be looking him up. <laughs> his story is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but he actually fought in a sense to get city water up on chestnut ridge yeah where they actually did a a, a prayer in basically where they, yeah. they they knelt down praying and just kind of hoped that it was gonna happen and then it happened yeah and so but there was a lot of stuff that happened that that created mm-hmm. um a, a culture where you know the history of that town yeah. is is deep with that wow um and and so and you still hear it on occasion from people there that still hold some of the terms and some of the thoughts about Chestnut Ridge. Right. It's where all the riffraff are. You know, it's all it's where all the um, the the 
the the the broken people are, and so mm-hmm. that's where they're all at. And, and still have the still have that that idea that they're the lesser, and that's been handed down. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you know, there aren't you know how many people walking around that could even remember that you know, yeah. um, you know younger people. But the the idea is just grown up in the culture, you inherit it. Yeah. And the thing you said about trying to get water up there, a lot of people don't realize that that is just one of the ways that you know uh, segregation hurts. Because you know a lot of people, if you know throughout America, if they could get uh, a part of the town segregated. Then you watch that part of town might be underserved yeah. by public utilities, yeah. and water is a good example. So, and this is the challenge, right? And again, I'm not trying to like, mm-hmm. I'm not attacking anybody. I'm I'm a, I'm jumping into an ideal an ideology right. that's kind of jump, kind of become a big picture of, of our modern political climate. Right. When we think of the MAGA, right, make America great again. Mm-hmm. This is where the tension comes in. Because make America great again for who? Great for whom? Because because yeah. the history mm-hmm. would say, um, so wait, when was America like like how far back are we going to right. think of America being great? Are we thinking of the segregation times where yeah. people had to hopefully get running water up to their t- because that's not making America right. great again? Like we don't want that. Right. Um, are we jumping into when you know we had separated schools? Are we are we jumping into when you know people had to had had to sit at the back of the bus because they couldn't sit at the front like are mm-hmm. we how far back are we going to say make america great again because for people of a different culture ethnicity when they think of making america great again this is where that tension comes in it was it wasn't great for them in the past right and so when you're trying to say make america great again mm-hmm. how does that work for people who who they never experienced greatness they were always pushed aside, marginalized, right. oppressed, lynched if they weren't in the, if they were in the streets for too long. Correct. Um, told that they couldn't drink at certain fe- like that's not making America great again. Mm-hmm. And so that's and I think that's what people have to realize that that's where that tension comes from. They think, oh no, it's just we want our political power back. We want we want countries to fear us. We mm-hmm. want we want this po- uh, military strength. Okay, right. okay, but remember what that came from. Mm-hmm. And so now for us to rethink why is this such a tense sound to us Yeah. when, when we hear make America great again, I think, of, I think of the people who were put into concentration camps because, you know, in not, not, not Hitler concentration camps. I'm right. talking about the, during, during the war when, when you had the Asian Americans. The Japanese were, internment yeah, camps. Yeah, when they were put yeah. into camps because why? Mm-hmm. Well, because they were different and they were a part of that that culture that we're fighting against. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna put them there. And then we see today when we see the 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 Mexican people being put into cages, right? Mm-hmm. For, I mean, to, to for lack of a better term. Yeah. I mean, and so now we start saying, "Hmm, is this making America great again?" I don't, I I have that, and this is and from my perspective, just because right. of my history, my I mean, I I joke about my my lack of. Mexican, right? Because it's like I know that I don't speak Spanish, but I still hold firm to my history. Yeah. I know my grandma speaks Spanish, and my grandma is a very powerful woman. She's done so much to raise her kids as a single mom, you know, but she's done, she's a, a wonderful, strong woman who's done so much. And I think to myself, when she hears some of the stuff that's going on, does she? walk in fear sometimes because yeah you know she's you know 80 something years old mm-hmm. you know and she's I, I i can just imagine 
if she can just think back when she was a kid being looked at as being and being called names right right um being used terms to kind of define who we are mm-hmm. and so you know from from my perspective it's like oh like that that's that tension right yeah but again people who want to just say well you're just you're just against it because you're not republican or you're you're a liberal no mm-hmm. like that that might not be the case at all right you have a connection that's like that's independent from that yeah yeah absolutely but we right. but we have to be willing mm-hmm. to listen to that yeah. perspective. And so for a guy that looks like me, you know, I can go right back to the 1950s, 41-year-old middle-class white male. All I need to do is get a haircut, mm-hmm. and I will fit right in. And, you know, for me, looking back, it's like, oh, yeah, America was great, you know. Uh, leave it to Beaver. You know, I could be like, you know, uh, a man's home is his castle, you yeah. know. Uh, hi, kids. Uh, you know, bring father his pipe, you know. I, I kind of love to go back to when people <laughs> didn't know that smoking a pipe was bad for you. Right. You know, that was nice to be <laughs> oblivious about. Um, but for some people, you know, it's like, you know, uh, you know, it's only looking at one person's perspective to say it was great. There was a time, right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but even even that's debatable, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You start you start to really read some of the literature from that time and people were always questioning that, you know. Well, you can so. even you can even look back into musical history. Mm-hmm. I mean, Richie Valens, right? Sure. I mean, like let, I mean, let's kind of bring in bring that yeah. There's a great movie La Bamba, right? You you watch sure. that movie, you'll you'll get a a glimpse into his history, right? Yeah. I mean, granted, you know, there's there's some Hollywood influence in there, but he had to change his name to fit into the music industry. Okay. And this was in, what, the 70s? Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, late 60s, early 70s, right, yeah. I believe? 60s, uh, um, yeah. And mm-hmm. so Richie Valens was actually um, Richard Valenzuela, and okay. they changed him to Richie Valens because they had to bring him into the the culture. Yeah. He fell in love with, there's a song that um, Donna, right, that he sang, Oh, Donna, right? And, and Donna mm-hmm. was a, a white female that he had an interest in. Yeah. But her dad... Like fought that relationship, mm-hmm. and then basically she had to push him out of the picture. Oh my gosh, it's like, West, West Side Story. Yeah, and so you know, but his thing was he he loved this woman, mm-hmm. but they couldn't have a relationship because her dad was like, "Wait a second, is this a this is just a a garden? This is a gardener? Like you right. know, like I mean, like that's how he looked at her right. at him." And so, but then he writes one of the you know he he has some of the greatest songs that we can listen to. I mean, La Bamba's still I mean, listening. Yeah, yeah. still fantastic. Yeah. But if you don't grab onto that history, it's like, yeah. well, make America great again. Okay, well, the 1970s weren't too weren't too far away from now, you know, and you know from here. And so it's like, it wasn't like it just racism was so far away. Mm-hmm. It, no, it was. It is not too far from here. No, I know? can see. I can see how things have changed even from the 80s. You know, time yeah. time when I remember growing up is the 80s and. So, you know, so I just want to tell uh, people that this is not about guilt. You know, guilt, I've said a lot of times, is a useless emotion when you're talking about stuff like this. Um, you know, look at history and listen to people's stories. And, um, you know, a pastor one time said, and I don't know how biblical this is, but it's always worked for me. Okay, so you can, you can tell me if this is anywhere near the Bible or not. But a pastor one time said, guilt is from the devil. Conviction is from God. Yeah. Okay. So I would, I, would, I would hold firm to that. Yeah. In terms of white guilt, let's look, guys. It's just going to cause you to look away. It's going to cause you to get upset. It's going to cause you to live in denial. It's going to cause you to ignore people's stories and people's needs. Okay. Conviction, on the other hand, we'll call it white conviction, mm-hmm. is uh, you are there to uh, confess 
I guess things that you've inherited, you know, things that you you've um, uh, benefited from, and, and maybe not even know it, you know. Um, confess, confess, not caring, you know, not caring about somebody else's, um, not not somebody else's um, story, somebody else's struggle, perhaps, you know, because your yours hasn't really. Um, been the same, you know, and so, and I think that you know, really, confession is that first step. And then when you confess, it's 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 like then it's like that's when walls start coming down. You know, that thing that makes me afraid or, or timid around somebody else, or not want to uh, connect with somebody whose whose culture is different from mine. You know, when those walls start coming down, it's like that. There's there's actually freedom. You know, mm-hmm. there's freedom in just being able to connect with people as people. Yeah. You know, and, and not as the other. Now, that can happen in other ways, too. It can happen through friendship. You know, it can just happen through lots of other ways. But the point is, is like, let it happen, you know. Yeah. Let's stop putting those those bears. Let's stop bristling every time we hear somebody say, I haven't been treated fairly. And we go, oh, well, what about this? No. You know, nobody's saying you didn't work hard, you know, uh, for, for what you got, okay? Um, all we're saying is listen to somebody else, right. you know. I think I would take it and say that um, if you look in the scripture, right, Guilt caused Adam and Eve to hide. Okay, right. Um, and it feels shame for yeah. the first time. Yeah. Guilt will cause you to hide. Yeah. Conviction will cause you to move. Conviction will cause you to actually step into how do I how do I how do I make this uh, better? How do I how do I create something different? How do I move into a new life? How do I move into a new identity, a new destiny to a degree? Right. When you think of um, the old has come, the old is gone, the new has come. It's like you are a new creation. Why? Because because you're stepping in, you've been convicted in your heart. Yeah. You need Jesus, mm-hmm. so you're going into something different. This is the same thing. When you are convicted knowing that, man, there's history, yeah. and it needs to be repaired. What is my role in repairing that? Right. Because you may, like again, you may not have that racism in you. You may not be like, oh, that's not me. That's fine. But you still have, there's still history that needs to be repaired. The ministry of reconciliation right. is what we're called to do. So we need to step into it. The conviction to step into it is what is what's big, and so the guilt causes you to hide. Get rid of that. Yeah. Don't have white guilt. Don't. Um, but white conviction. Mm-hmm. Totally, I mm-hmm. get it. Well, yeah. Like, but the, but then allow that to move you. Yeah. Into deeper conversations with people who are different. Yeah. Um, into reading people who are who don't think like you mm-hmm. that means that if you're a republican listen to a democrat democrat mm-hmm. listen to a republican if you're libertarian hey be free um no just can't listen to everybody right yeah. um but everybody should be listening to everybody right. because we all have different perspectives all have different stories and that's how we grow yeah and then our conviction can now become no like we are active in the change right yeah and, so active like, in the change. and that's that's really what we're called to be convicted and we start listening we start acting on it that's called love yes amen and that is the process of of really being a follower of christ right there it is is that loving our neighbor as we love ourselves mm-hmm. and again i feel like that's our constant theme but i I almost feel like that's what we're actually always heading towards in this conversation is how do we come back to the great the two greatest commandments is yeah. loving God and loving our neighbor because they're both the same. <laughs> yeah. And so um so we need to do that. And and loving our neighbor means listening to stories and remembering the history and working yeah. to repair the brokenness. There you go. Um so go listen to some Richie Valens. Yeah, and 
man, even some Maya Angelou, right? I mean, you gotta listen to some Maya Angelou. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, some uh, some uh, Louis Armstrong, right? Or Louis <laughs> Armstrong, however you want to say it, right? You gotta listen to listen to some good. Different, just different music. Tito Puente. Listen to some Tito, Tito Puente. Puente. Man. Oh. I didn't know you knew Tito Puente. Okay. Okay, remember. Yeah. Hispanic, but my grandma, a strong Mexican woman. All right. She had that music. And when she would, li- and my dad, my dad yeah. listened to some, oh man, some Tito Puente, man. You got to have that going on. It's but, on fire. Oh, it's on fire. If dude. you don't know what we're talking about now, get on Spotify, get on YouTube. Oh. Just Google that. You know what? Uh, just anything, anything yes. you did is on fire. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't just think that you listen to Ricky Martin and that's enough. You got to, you got to <laughs> listen to some Tito Puente. Tito Puente, some, oh man, I listen to J-Lo. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Get away from that. Tito Puente. Um, but anyway. So, I'm oh using man, you're taking, you're taking me back yeah. to the days when I worked at a place where I was the only person that spoke English. I had a oh. job. I had a job in Arizona where I was on a truck. I was at a truck wash place, and I was in it with a group of guys going place to place washing trucks. And I was the only dude that spoke English, except for my direct supervisor Beto. He was bilingual, mm. and so I could talk to him. Uh, but uh, like, there was never, you know, I don't know if you know this, but in Arizona, there's at least like 12 Spanish language radio stations, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and I learned all the different genres you know yeah. I, and so and uh, my favorite was uh la campesina which was mm. for uh, the farm workers yeah and uh but one time i'll never forget one time i heard a guy sing um suspicious my you know suspicious minds by elvis mm-hmm. singing that in spanish like mexican style mm. and it sounded better than elvis yeah so I was like, I was sold. You yeah, know? that's awesome. So. <laughs> awesome. But anyway, there you go, guys. That's our. That, I think that our, our final word is is just listen to stuff that's different than you. Get out of your get out of your comfort zone. Have some great conversations with people who are different. Um, and and if you don't have anybody who's different around you, find someone. There's always somebody with something that can share that can be shared. And 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 really be intentional about it. Like just. I mean, and don't be like, oh, I see a black person. I'm going to go sit next to him. It's like, no, like, just introduce yourself. It's a normal Scare somebody. Yeah. I mean, like, like, buy a cup of coffee. Say, hey, can I just, I just want to, like, let's just chat. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a good way. And, and I don't know. It's it's healthy. So so that's a that's that's my piece. Find somebody. Listen to different stuff. Grow. So. Amen. All right. Awesome. Well, that, this is a, a long preview intro or re-intro well but, we got hey. to talk but it was good hey. like i learned something today and this is how you know me and bobby aren't working off of a script here <laughs> i came in here with one five minute thing to talk about and we're still talking about it so <laughs> it's awesome hey guys so this is our reintroduction preview of what's to come uh be ready because on friday there'll be a new episode of frankincense and we'll be back regularly again hopefully um just it's just now we're This is how we get going again. So it's good. So thanks for listening. This is Bobby. Seacrest out. (laughs) Am I going to get sued? Probably. Okay. Uh, Strike that. Uh, Jared. uh, This is Jared. Goodbye. (laughs) All right, guys. Hey, again, if you like our show, subscribe. Uh, Leave a comment. Rate us on iTunes. We need that. It's always good. So um, hopefully we'll be seeing some feedback. All right. Bye, guys.